Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ash Cash, the financial motivator. Look, I am excited about this legendary interview that you're about to listen to, right? So, InvestFest is the biggest financial literacy event to ever happen. I'm talking about 12,000 people gathered up, not for a concert, but to get some financial education. If I had the honor, the pleasure to interview three legends, I'm talking about T.I., I'm talking about DJ Envy, I'm talking about Dame Dash, three legends in the game, and we talk about the business of entertainment. You do not want to miss this episode. Make sure you get your pen, your paper, get ready, because it's going down inside the vault. Yo, let's go, let's go! Is this fest we in the building? Make a round of applause for yourself. Hey! And so listen, we got a legendary uh, panel happening. For those who don't know, my name is Ash Cash, financial educator, host of the greatest money mindset show on the planet, Inside the Vault with Ash Cash. Any insiders in the building? Have you checked out an episode of Inside the Vault? Make some noise. Okay, okay, we in the right room. Do me a favor, everybody stand up real quick, because I want to reset the room. Everybody stand up real quick before I bring out this legendary panel. We need to reset the room, because I need your mind, your mind to get right. Y'all ready? So I, I, ju I just need y'all to repeat after me. Y'all ready? Make some noise, y'all ready? I am a wealth creator. Abundance is my birthright. I will always seek knowledge. I will follow my divine path to prosperity. Everything I need, I already have. I will always accept the best that life has to offer. I am not a victim of circumstance. Everything is working for my greater good. Wealth is in me, around me, and available to me always. I use money to build assets. I will make, manage, and multiply money. My self-worth and net worth are building every day. 
I like how that sounds. My self-worth and net worth are building every day. One more time. My self-worth and net worth are building every day. I believe in unlimited possibilities. All right, round of applause for yourself. Round of applause for yourself. All right, and so uh, this is legendary. I don't think y'all understand. This is a legendary panel. Uh, I'm excited to bring out three legends who have done a lot for the culture, for the business of music, right, or entertainment, but then also have built wealth and have been on the front line showing us how to build wealth. So first and foremost, I want to bring out the legend, the king of the south. The king of the south. Make some noise. Are we in Atlanta or are we in Atlanta? Bring them out. Bring them out. Are we bring in Atlanta out. or are we in Atlanta? We got Mr. T.I. Harris in the building. Bring them out. It's hard to yell when the back rails in your mouth. Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. And so, and so, the next person I want to bring out is a legend. You might hear him everywhere around the country, on the Breakfast Club. I was introduced to him, listened to his saves going to high school. We got DJ Envy in the building. It's just a public service announcement. Sponsored by Just Last but not least, Triple OG. If you know, I mean, if y'all don't know, I'm, I'm from Harlem, so just know, just know it's gonna be some bias potentially. It might be some bias, but we got the Triple OG in the building, Harlem Zone, Damon So I'm excited because, like I said, uh, this is legendary because for a long time, you guys have been trailblazing from an entertainment perspective, but also from a business perspective, right? Because, you know, when we talk about T.I. Um, selling, you know, tapes out the trunk and always had that entrepreneurship spirit, you know, same thing with DJ Envy, you know, with, with the tapes, Dash has, you know, always been somebody who's, you know, entrepreneur. When we think about the business of entertainment, um, I would love to pose that to each of you guys um, and being in the game so long. Um, what are the shifts that you've seen in the business of entertainment? Um, and, and what pivots have you guys taken personally to kind of like go with those, those, those shifts? Um, I think one of the biggest shifts I've seen is that I watched the industry turn into a direct to consumer industry where you didn't need a distributor, you didn't need a manufacturer, all you had to do is you just had to have a device and you had to ha have a way to, to contact the, the, the person that you want to reach directly without any middleman. That's the biggest shift that I've seen. And how, how have you adapted to that shift? Um, I mean, I've learned to listen to, to technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before it was, it was more like, we had to go to people like Dane Dash, or we had to go to people like L.A. Reid, we had to go to, you know, to, to just gatekeepers, 
if you will, and ask, yo, how do I, you know, reach the masses? How do I get my video on MTV? How do I find my way to BET? And now, it's, it's you and your cell phone. You know what I mean? So I think that, you know, just recognizing that is, is that's the shift within, within the shift. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Envy, talk to me, man. So from mixtapes I mean, to radio to, like, you've been in the business a, a long time. What's that shift look like for you? I mean, for me, it was learning longevity. Yeah. In the music industry, a lot of times, we don't have a retirement plan. There's no 401k. You got to create it. That's why you look at some of your favorite artists, DJs, athletes, actors, actresses. A lot of times when they get old in their career, they don't have the same because they didn't plan for that. So that was had to learn how to plan for that. I do a show with Charlemagne who might say some wild shit and we might not have a job. I, you know, I, I work with Angela Yee, who was on Sirius, who curses like a sailor. She might say some stuff that gets us off. So we had to create things that no matter what, that you'll be okay, whether it's real estate, it's businesses, and that's the main thing that I had to learn from the industry. Yeah, love it, love it. Dash, talk to us, man. Talk to us about the business of, of entertainment and the shift that you're seeing. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, mentality changed. You know, it was the coolest thing in the world at one time to be signed. But then it came very cool to be independent. And also giving a 360 experience became important. So, you know, because of the internet, you have a direct relationship with the artist. So now you want to know not only what they feel about music, you want to know what they feel about fashion, what they feel about art. You have to step up your visuals. They want to know about your taste in a lot of dimensions. And then, of course, there's not, there's no more physical sale. Everything is streaming. You know, for me, years ago, I always thought it was logical just to always have an artist just have a subscription service. And you just, you know, have a bunch of people just subscribe to the artist. The Rolling Stones have been doing that for decades. But I just think now, because it's an independent nature, because there's so many different ways to make money, and of course, shifting into Web3 opens up a whole nother door. It's a whole nother piece of land that needs to be colonized, but at this point, we have to make sure we control the narrative, not them, which means we must be literate. So the difference is we are now smarter, and we want to be smarter. Before, it felt like we wanted to be dumber. We wanted to be proud that some white man owned us. We wore it on our sleeve. That's not the cool shit no more. The cool shit is to own your own. Round of applause, round of applause. And, and, and we, we're gonna circle back to Web3 for a second, because you, you talk about Web3 and you know owning land. Uh, you know, MVTI, you guys have been very instrumental in real estate. Um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, why, why, why is it important uh, to own, right, physical real estate, uh, and, 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 and how has that helped you guys build your wealth? I mean, for me, uh, real estate was the, the, the first step that I took to diversify my portfolio. I started, you know, buying and flipping houses in 2000, 2001. And, uh, and as, as it grew, I just went from residential to commercial. 
just continue to, to buy and build and grow. You know, now it, it, it's grown to a place I, I'm about to complete my first uh, real estate development with use affordable housing. Wow, 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 wow. Right on back here where, you know, where I grew up at. And just seeing how much, how much, how, how much good use I can put my money to, you know what I mean? Because there were so many times I could have went and bought things that were, you know, more liabilities than assets, you know, and I have, I've still done that too. I, I see how much more value the money can bring, not just myself, but others as well. You know, I, I, that's how we can build communities, you know what I mean? Not just, you know, have our money represent us, but have our money represent our communities as well. Love that, love that, love that. Round of applause for that. Uh, Envy, talk to us about that shift into real estate for you. Um, mine came for two reasons. One was creating that retirement plan, and two, me having six kids. I wanted my kids to live a life that's just happy. Right, you look at your mother, your father, a lot of times they hated their job, right? They came back talking about how much they hated working. And I wanted to create something for my kids that no matter what, they could just live life. That real estate will support them for the rest of their life. Right now I have 370 units. Wow. And that is, wow, thank you. Wow, 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 wow. And that, thank you. And that supports them. You know, what I learned was every time, instead of getting them a gift for a birthday, I buy them a piece of property. But not only that, I teach my kids how to run it. My daughter goes to college, she goes for real estate development. So she's learning the business. So now she's running the business. She's at summertime, is, is summer break. So she's learning the business. She's buying, she's getting the contractors, she's getting the flooring and the paint and the everything. And that's what we have to do, start teaching our own. And then hopefully when you know my, the next one comes up, he'll learn. But I wanted to create something that they could be happy. Life is short. You wanna live it out, you wanna be happy. You don't wanna have stress. That causes cancer, causes diabetes. You just wanna be happy. And for that, that was my way of starting generational wealth and financial freedom. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that because I was on a, um, I was watching a panel earlier with Caesar actually. Uh, he mentioned, you know, uh, instead of getting his, his daughter a, uh, uh, you know, Sweet 16, he bought her a property, you know, for her Sweet 16. Um, and now, you know, she's a landlord at 16 years old. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing because, again, like you said, generational wealth isn't only about the money that you pass down, it's also about the assets that you pass down, and from, you know, as far as knowledge goes. Um, Dash, talk to us, man. So you, you're, you're in a, a space where, um, you know, you're, you're, you're in into, to, you know, Web3 and the blockchain. Um, and, I, and, 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 you know, legend has it, you know, back in the day during Rockefeller times, right? Uh, if somebody didn't get a rock chain from you, it wasn't an official rock chain, right? And so now, you're going from rock chain to the blockchain. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, Y'all see what I did there? That, was, that, was, that wasn't dope, no? Right. Well, going back to the real estate thing, you know, most of the time within our culture, we don't own nothing so we can't make the rules. You know, when you own something, that means you're the boss of what you own. That means you make the law within those four walls and those bricks. 
And that's usually the problem. We fight over shit we don't own. It's not ours. So to automatically become a boss, and the only way to really fight racism, see, I've been kicking in Florida for a little while, and I'm like, damn, it's racist out here. But the reason why is because they're not used to seeing a black boss. And I'm like, because I don't really feel racism. I was like looking at the people from my culture and they seem so oppressed. And it's more about survival. And I was like, damn, if my boss was a racist, that would be hell if I had a boss. But if that boss was racist, that would really, he controlled my money or her, that would suck. But when you're the boss, a racist can't even show you they're racist. They get fired. I don't have to feel it. I'll just fire you. And they're just not used to it. And what I believe is that, you know, if we are the landlords, and once you have ownership, you can make the laws, then the world would just be a better place because culturally we wouldn't leave with fear. We would lead with love. But the first step is ownership. Any way you can get it. And, and, and also, you know, I'm a guy that has tax problems. So that means no credit. That means cash and carry. It's very hard to get credit when you're first generation if somebody doesn't co-sign for you. That's why they make us so worried about it. But you could buy credit, you have a, a property, and then you can take a loan against your property, and now you made your own credit. So it also puts you in the game. So I'm learning because I always thought like, damn, credit is whack, this, that, and the third, that credit is important. It's important to be able to pull cash when you don't have it. It's important to have cash flow. But you gotta own something to have credit. So starting that foundation, that narrative of not renting and owning means everything. And just understanding that sometimes, you know, looking a certain way, just so people can look at you a certain way, doesn't matter if you don't own where you live. It means nothing. So that didn't answer his question. <laughs> it's so <As>, good. <laughs> Let me cut my mic off. I was talking. As it relates to Web3, it's a new world. People are actually getting loans to buy land in Web3. We got to be the landlords in that world because then we can make the rules. You know, only like 12% of the world even understands this world. That means there's 80, like, 8% that don't know. Don't be the 80% that don't know. Be the 12 that do. You gotta be there first. You gotta be an owner so you could be a part of the narrative. And we gotta own. So in the Web3 world, I have land at Network, and I think people should Google it because I feel like it's the, um, the YouTube it's the YouTube of the metaverse, and it can do all type of shit. And I built it. It's the YouTube of the, vet, the metaverse. It's called Network. Network. 
we got a video, video, so we gonna play the video. You gonna play the video? Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? I built the museum, and it's the same shit. Like you have architect, you build it, and then you gotta get the land to build it on. I built it on Network, and Network can do all type of shit. It's crazy what you could do on Web3. What happened? All right, play the video. Let's play the video. They want you to spell it, but play, let's play the video. Yeah, I just want to see. Records! It's time for That's my museum. You'll be able to buy NFTs. And if you're an artist and you're like-minded, You'll be able to make money, monetize your artistic work without compromise or a middleman. But I'm a superhero in the oxygen world, and I'm definitely going to be a superhero in Web3. Cha-chill. So, so the world in Web3 is going to be more as important or more important, and we got to get there first. So that's me as an avatar, and I can change my clothes. You can buy the clothes. You can buy the art. You can do the screenings. And any business you're in that's not pandemic-proof is a dumb business moving forward just based on how shit is going. So you got to be able to touch the world without touching nobody. Pause. And that's what I said, pause. And that's what the metaverse is. Sorry for taking up so much time. No, no, you're good, you're good, you're good. And so, Evie, talk to me a little bit, right? So, so Dash talks about ownership and the importance of ownership. Uh, you know, you, you know, Caesar, you guys been doing uh, national tours um, around real estate, teaching about real estate for years now. Um, but, they, you know, even in doing that, giving out the information, there was still sort of hesitation and people uh, trying to get ownership. Um, and so, you know, you've created something now, which I think is, is, is phenomenal, which is, is gonna open the door and, and really change the game as it relates to ownership. Can you talk about that a little bit for us? Yeah, well, the reason me and Caesar went around doing a real estate tour is because when I started making money on real estate, I wanted to show it to everybody, right? And when I started asking, people were telling me that they were going on these seminars paying $10,000 for a seminar. And I thought this shit was totally wrong. So to piss them off, we started doing seminars for $99. And really all that covered was the building. And started teaching our own people that look like us how to get in the real estate game. But actually show them. Because what you learn is a lot of people in this game is like car salespeople, right? They tell you what you want to hear, but if you really look into it, they really don't own shit. And we wanted to change that. So we went on this tour and started teaching people about credit, hard money lending, equity, not using your own money, using somebody else's money to buy that property. Started breaking down contractors. What's the next market? How to get the deals? Next market is Milwaukee, by the way. You could buy a cheap crib in Milwaukee for like five grand. I'll tell you about that later. Things like that. Auction.com, hubzoo.com, where to find the properties. So what we found out, there was so many people that were still so scared. So we said, let's create a platform where people don't have to be fearful. And the platform is where you can go there, and if you buy a house in 
Milwaukee and you need a contractor, you can go in there and find somebody that actually works. If you buy a property in Detroit, you can find what areas in Detroit is worth investing in. But not only that, we did it so that you can actually invest on the site. With a little as $100, you can invest. And then you can see how it works. And the reason we're doing that is so that you can see how your money is spread. You invest that $100, you get money every month off tenants. You get money every month if you flip it. And that's what we wanted to teach people. So it's a stepping stone so people could get their feet wet without losing a lot and they can understand. They can see why we pick the colors, why we buy the wood paws, the flooring, the cabinetry, and all that, and they can actually learn how to do it. It's called Flip to Dow, F-L-I-P to Dow, D-A-O, and that way they can learn. And then hopefully they can teach their brother, their sister, their mother, their father, their niece, their nephew. But it's a way of people to learn. Yeah, and I, and I love that because if y'all didn't catch what he just said, is that a lot of times people are, you know, hesitant to get into real estate. But if you put $100 down and you now you become part owner in a real estate property. And so if that real estate property is cash flowing, you get a percentage based on what you put in right. as that. Right. And I'm not taking their money. Right. They're an investor. Right. They're an owner with me. Yep. I'm not losing no money, Caesar's not losing no money, so every month you get a return. Yeah. Now, for $100, it's gonna be more than your money's in the bank, but it's a way of learning. And, and, that and, what, and what if you sell that property? You said what? Like, what, what if you guys decide to sell that property? They get their share of their property because they're partial owners. And that's how we do it. And it's, it's pretty dope. We get a lot of people involved and they're learning the process and learning because we go through everything from demo to rebuilding to getting tenants to the whole process of doing it. Yeah, no, I love it, love it, love it. And so, round of applause, round of applause. Uh, T.I., so you, so, you know, I, I love your movement within, within the real estate, uh, you know, you know, businesses because, again, you, you start, you know, you're focusing on commercial properties. Um, you mentioned building like low income housing, right? Because that low, low income, okay. affordable. Affordable, I, I, I meant that, I meant that. Affordable, affordable housing. I mean, because right now, man, with gentrification, like, you know, 95% of the people who work in Atlanta can't afford to live in Atlanta. Yeah. Because the natives of the community, you know, they get pushed out by, you know, big people who come in with the big developments. The, the, I, I, Grandparents and great-grandparents, the houses they worked hard to own for decades now, they can't afford to pay the taxes, they lose their houses. Now we all living on the outskirts of the city. That changes a lot of things within the, the, the infrastructure of the city, whether that's the politics, uh, it changes uh, the culture. So we have to make sure that the people who made this city and the culture of this city, what it is, still have a place in this city and can afford to stay. Yeah. And somebody has to be a part of that charge. Yeah, and, and, and I love that. I want to stay there for a second because, you know, as you, as you talk about, um, you know, it changed the politics and the policies and things of that nature. Um, you know, one of the things that um, you've been able to do is really, you know, build connections um, and within those those relationships and those connections has, have helped kind of push, you know, you know, forward some of the, the projects that you're doing. How important is it um, as a, from a wealth perspective to be involved with local politics and, and understand what's happening, you know, in, in, in your area? I mean, it's important to know, you know, it's important to know who your, your representatives are in your community. Uh, as far as how much you should or shouldn't be involved in them, 
that, that depends on the person. You know what I'm saying? Uh, early on, I got heavily involved. In right now, I don't want no parts of it. You know, just because I see that it, it, it has an adverse effect on business. You know what I mean? And, and policy is a, a fickle mistress. It don't love nobody. It's good when it's good, and when they can't use you, it ain't no good. Um, but one thing that's real is money and property, period. So that's going to supersede politics. Because when I buy this piece of land, I don't care who the city councilman is, I don't care who the mayor is, I don't care who the governor is, it's still my property. You know what I mean? And what I'm able to do with that property will depend a lot upon who these people are and what positions they hold. I love it. And so, and so, and this is a question for, for all three. When we think about, you know, entertainment, you know, with, 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 with everybody um, having a piece in entertainment, um, how have you leveraged celebrity or influence in order to build wealth? I mean, for, for myself, I go a lot of these cities, and the reason I'm able to get a lot of these deals and these state-owned properties and these city-owned properties is because of who I am. But what I try to do is I try to pass it on to my people. The fact that you could buy a property, a, a whole house, a real full house for 5,000 is unfathomable. But as I'm able to pass that down to my people, but that's the main part. But the only reason those politicians and those state people let me in is because of who I am on the radio. I think, I think there's several ways. Uh, just speaking of my, my own experience, uh, there was a piece of property that people drove by it, had no real interest in it. Um, I had relationships uh, within the community. A person had reached out to me and offered me the opportunity to purchase this property. Now, this property wouldn't have much use to me. I wouldn't see any value in it had I not known from my relationships in City Hall uh, that the Super Bowl was coming. And this property just happens to be a stone's throw from where the Super Bowl will be at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. So I purchased the property, not knowing what I'd do with it yet. I just purchased it, held it, and there was an anniversary coming up for my second album, Trap Music. And we were trying to figure out how to celebrate the 15th anniversary for Trap Music. And the thought arose to do a museum. But where would we do this museum? I have a property right here that I ain't doing nothing with. It's right by the dome. And we put our efforts, energy, our ideas, our resources, got in contact with all of the local artists um, and, and celebrated the most significant contributors to the culture of trap music by creating a museum that was only supposed to be open for a month or two, but it's been open like five years now because of the people. Yeah! I love that. Dash, how has being Dame Dash uh, influenced or helped uh, in, in, in building wealth? How have you used your, your, you know, who you are from a wealth building standpoint? What was the question? How, how has being Dame Dash, like how have you used, you know, who you are, your celebrity to leverage and build wealth? <clears throat> so, you know, my thing was being a celebrity you can leverage attention to whatever you want. And some celebrities leverage attention to things that keep them at status quo. Not what helps the bigger picture. 
So my thing was to use my celebrity to bring attention to people that are actually helping. So I'm part of something called the OSG, which is 200 black principals all over the country. And, you know, these principals are fighting when they're not getting paid. It's a passion they have, it's a care they have for our future. And, you know, there are superheroes, but they don't get celebrated. Nobody talks about them. And when I was, you know, introduced to them as a collective, you know, I have issues with education. I feel that it prepares us to get and succumb to a cycle. And I was mad. But when I talked to them, I was like, damn, they're just doing what they can do. But if they don't learn how to be fearless, then they can't teach being fearless. If they can't dream, then they can't teach dreaming. You can't teach somebody how to be rich unless you've been rich. So in order to have young people listen to you, because I know when I was young, I only listened to the person that was getting money, getting the girls, and that was fresh. So if I could make a principal as fresh as what's perceived as a drug dealer or a rapper, then these kids will listen to them. They'll look at them as the plug. So I've been talking and teaching a class to them every Tuesday for the last year and a half, just teaching them how to make their dreams come true, how to be entrepreneurs, how to make books, TV shows, know about the NFTs. I gave, you know, Principal Ock, Westside High. This dude has a bank in his school. He has a, a, a beauty salon, a grocery store. He teaches these kids how to get money. I gave him a label or distribution. He's now the plug. He has better cars than the drug dealer. He's fresher than the rapper. So the kids will listen to him. So my thing is to shift that and leverage that celebrity for our real superheroes. The ones that are fighting for us when nobody's looking. I never saw black principals. I didn't know they existed. Usually if I did, they didn't have a mustache. So having unapologetic people that are fighting for us, they gotta be empowered. I'm a part of something called the commission. And that's Senator Eddie Milton, who's running for mayor in Gary, Indiana. That's shout that, to Gary. That's, that's Congressman Andre Carson from Indianapolis. That's Bishop Purnell. That's Dr. Chris Purnell, who's on CNN every day. One of us that runs a hospital that can teach us about health. Two therapists that can teach us. Um, Melanie, who teaches therapy to the foster kids and Taj who speaks therapy in our language. Black people don't get therapy, so the study of therapy is from a different culture, a different form of being hurt, of trauma. So when we get it, we don't get it from the right language. It turns us off. The study of it doesn't come from us. So we're trying to make sure everyone also recognizes that unrecognized trauma just to being black and surviving. And then Dennis from the OSG. So we get together and also do it all, who just won city council, a platinum artist. He was in Lords of the Underground, the first platinum artist to win a public official, uh, um, a public official in, in Newark, I mean in the whole country. So it shows the power of us, the, the power of hip hop, 
And what I'm doing is leveraging my celebrity that those that don't get celebrated, the ones that they hide from us. Because I've been doing this for a while, but that shit ain't never in the paper. I have printable summits. I build studios in the schools. And, and, and Lays from MOP is also down with it, Dennis McKeezy. They never talk about that. Let me not pay a bill. Let us fight each other. That shit is all over the place. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. See, I let, let let let's talk. Let's talk, right? So 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 Dash just talked about you know giving back and, and you know you know building up his community. You know through you know honoring the superheroes. Um, you know you've done something specifically focusing on you know moolah. Uh, focusing on, on moolah. Um, you know and cell phones. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, but not necessarily cell phones. It's um. It's an operating system that uh, is of, of tablets. So not an iPad, but, but a tablet that will be distributed to under, underserved areas of the community by way of the government. Um, and, and this tablet will offer Wi-Fi and, you know, just services to areas in our communities that they try and keep shit away from us. That's how they keep the information away. Most people who live in the hood don't even have proper Wi-Fi service. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we found a way to have the people make money and have the government subsidize some things in our communities that are necessary. And that's Moolah, Moolah Wireless and Moolah Tablets. I love that. Round of applause, round of applause. Right, so, 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 so Moolah Mobile, the goal is to use emerging tech to give more economic opportunities and resources to those who need them most. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, Envy, let's talk a little bit, right? So, um, one of the things that I admire the most um, is the fact, like you talked about your kids, and you talked about setting up your kids the right way. Um, I know that, that, that you and your wife just released a book um, talking about, you know, black love. Um, and as a, as a happily married man, round of applause for, for the first lady, she in here somewhere. Um, as a happily married man over 15 years, talk a little bit about the importance of uh, that union, right? That bond and, and, and building wealth with your partner. Yeah, well, me and my wife been together 27 years. We've been married 21. Wow, 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 wow. Round of applause for that. Yeah, thank you. Since 16 and 15. So she was there from the beginning and seen the DJ grind. And she was the one carrying the club when I'm dropping my tapes off to the bootleggers to make sure nobody's trying to rob me. She was the one sitting in the car making sure we didn't get tickets. When I'm at Dame's label trying to get records, she's the one sitting in the car making sure we good. And before we go, I want to say, yo, thank you. I never said thank you. Round but of thank applause, you. yes, yes. I'm going to tell y'all why. Because when I was doing mixtapes, and it was time to do the Rockefeller mixtapes. He gave me an opportunity, and he didn't have to. He could have went with Clue, he could have went with SNS, he could have went with Craig G, with all these different DJs, but you gave me a chance. And I never said thank you, and I wanted to say thank you. But my wife has been there, so we do it together. You know, sometimes she come up with an idea, and we try it, and it doesn't work. Sometimes it does, but we constantly communicate with each other, whether it's the juice bar or our water company or whatever it may be. But the reason I do that is because 
with her, if she tells me something, I know she honestly cares. You know what I mean? She doesn't do it out of a, oh, maybe he's hating. Maybe she's hating. Maybe she wants that position. She gonna tell me how she feels. I could walk out the house and my pants might not look right. She'd be like, babe, take them shits off. You know what I mean? Or maybe I need to, you know, babe, go get a haircut. Like, that's how your relationship should be. You shouldn't care. You should be honest with that person when it comes to life, your family, your kids, and business. And because of that, it's always work. Yeah, I love it, I love it. See, y'all dash, can y'all talk about the, the, the importance of having a strong partner uh, as it relates to building wealth? I mean, I think that's the, that's the anchor, you know? I think everybody needs uh, a, a, solid, a solid other half that they can, a soundboard, if you will, and, and someone that can steer you back in the middle of the road where you might veer off you know what I'm saying? You know, on your own desires off the path of progression. <laughs> Everybody need, you know what I'm saying, somebody to, you know, kind of get them back on the on the on the right side of things. Um, and I mean we all need balance. In life we all need balance. Too much of anything is good for nothing. And, and to have someone that can balance us with honesty with solidarity, with love, with compassion, and with discipline, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, that's the cornerstone of success to me. So, you know, I don't know if everyone agrees with this, but I've always looked at women as, you know, God, because And it's just on a logical level, you know, the closest thing to God is, you know, God's the creator of life. Women create life. And, you know, I know how history is always manipulated. People that are strong or people that are weak always have to make themselves look strong. I could see men just, you know, messing up that whole narration and making it look like physical strength is more powerful than being able to create life. And finding someone that is, you know, because the thing about a woman is she's not jealous of you. She'll fight for you. She'll care for you. And, and you know, finding your best friend, because I don't think, you know, your best friend should be anybody other than the person you want to create a life with. Protecting that person and making sure that they can create life unobstructed, that they have everything they want. Even if they got money, they don't spend it. That a man's job is to be a gentleman and take care of everything and to showcase that to his daughter so that's all she'll accept. You know, to lead by example. And, you know, I was a guy that started off proving myself in an insecure way by dealing with women and a lot of them until I fell in love, and then I lost my girl. I never, ever expected to feel that kind of pain in that way. So you never really understand how important love is until it's taken from you. So I felt the pain of finding a best friend and just God saying, it ain't time for y'all to be together. But being able to recognize that feeling in someone else Maybe if I didn't feel that kind of pain, I wouldn't know what love really was. 
and how to recognize it. So what comes with love is responsibility. And when you find your best friend, you should do everything you can to spend as much time as you can with them because you don't want to be away from them. So my method is to do businesses with the women that I love, to make their dreams come true. A man's job is to make a woman's dreams come true. Because if your man doesn't make your dreams come true, that ain't your man. And the person that does, that's the one she gonna love. <laughs> nah, I love it, love it, love it. Um, I, wanna, I wanna shift real quick. I wasn't quick. finished. Oh, my fault. So, so what I was saying, <laughs> <laughs> is I have found the woman I love and I'm blessed to be able to raise my child for the first time. I'm one out of five right now, unobstructed, and it means everything. And life without something to love and something to love to fight for is not life. You're not even meant to be here for nothing else. So you gotta find that love, fight for it, cherish, cherish it, and if you're a man, know your job, because a real man does. As, as I, I want to I want to shift real quick to mindset, right? Because in one one way, shape, form, another, um, you know, you you know, you guys got it from the mud. Um, you know, started in in a particular place, had to go through some ups and downs to kind of find your stride. Um, what type of mindset do you have to have in order to deal with the different transitions that come with wealth, right? So, so when you start, like, yo, I'm, yo, I'm selling mixtapes, or, or you know, I'm doing this in the trunk, then you get a deal, and then you get you, there's different levels of success. What type of mindset do you have to have to deal with the ups and downs of success and the different transitions that success takes you through? Uh, I mean. You have to you have to be resilient. You gotta believe in yourself more than you believe in the doubt that's gonna fill the air when you walk. You 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 gotta you gotta speak. You gotta speak success. You gotta speak success into existence. Even when other people can't see it, even when other people, it, it doesn't seem tangible, it doesn't seem believable. But you gotta lead by example with that belief, with that burning sensation that you have inside of you. You gotta be tenacious. You have to, you gotta be, you gotta be the first one there, the last one to leave. Uh, you, you, you gotta lead, be led by faith. You gotta be led by faith. Uh, and you got also, man, you, you you gotta deal with the pain that comes with not having everything you want, how you want it, when you want it. You gotta work until it get like that. Um, and you gotta surround yourself with people. You gotta surround yourself with people who are able to do the things that you may not be able to do at the time, who are, who are just as strong in their areas as you are in your areas. Um, and also, you, go, you, you kinda have to trust in, in your talent. You gotta trust in your abilities. You got, and you gotta be willing to learn. 
you know, I think that overall humility is the mindset that will allow all of those things to happen at the same time, consistently. You know what I'm saying? Being humble and, and, and being honest with yourself. Not trying to go out there and present something to the world that you can't maintain on a daily basis. Not trying to look like something that you're not. Not trying to say that you're able to do things that you can't. You just gotta go and be as, as honest with yourself and with the rest of the world. And you gotta believe in what you're presenting and you gotta execute and continue to execute consistently over and over again until it comes into fruition. Love it, love it. Envy, talk to me. Yeah, I mean, I love everything T.I. said. It starts with faith. It starts with praying every morning. Not just asking, but saying thank you. The second thing is motivation. Who's in your clique? Who's in your circle? Are they motivating you? Or are they keeping you down? It's also what you get out of everybody's conversation. All weekend long, you heard from everybody. Steve Harvey, Tyler Perry, Dame Dash, T.I., Caesar, a host of other people. You understand how they got in the game. Does that motivate you? Does that push you to want more? Does that show you that it can be done? When I was a kid, my dates with my wife, we used to drive by the rich areas and look at all those huge mansions. And for us, that was our motivation. That was a way of saying, one day we will. I look at the businesses that Tyler Perry created, but not only the businesses, the amount of jobs he created for our people. You know what I mean? That's something like no other. You know, you look at T.I. and some of the things that, we, that he does. When I speak to T.I., I don't ever speak to him about music. First thing I say to T.I. is, where's the next place you invest in? Oh, how much you putting in this? Where's the building? Where you going next? Because that's what I want to know. When I speak to Dane, the first thing I said back there was, when you coming back on The Breakfast Club? Because I want, what else are you working on so we can share it with the people? Because that show is an outlet to get things to our community. Yeah, we talk about the bullshit and the gossip and we chatty patty sometimes, but... <laughs> But we also put the things about mental health, relationships, investing, real estate, stocks, and all that other thing as well. So you know what you always say, you know, you put the, put the medicine in the candy so we understand, and that's what we do. So that's what we're able to do, and that's what I get my motivation, to just talk to people. And I ask questions like I'm a three-year-old. Reason being is because I want you to break it down. Talk to me like I don't understand, so I can understand. If there's something that I don't understand, ask. You don't think when I go back there, I'm not gonna ask Dame about the metaverse and all the shit that he was just talking about with that guy walking? Cause I don't know. But I'm gonna ask this nigga. We gonna chop it and then we gonna chew, we gonna get money. See? But, but that's part of the things that we do. I love it, I love it. Uh, Dash, I'm gonna pose the same question, but, but in a different way because um, I know that, that Envy- What was the question? What's up? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm tee it up. Because Envy talked about him and his wife going through uh, neighborhoods and, and, and visualizing, right? Um, and I heard you once say, on assets and liabilities, uh, over liabilities, that you cannot visualize losing, right? 
Um, and, and so visualization is so important. And I don't know if it's a Harlem thing, maybe, because I can't visualize losing either. But talk a little bit about visualization and um, you know your, your, your philosophy around, uh, or your mindset around visualizing the things that you actually want to manifest in this world. Well, understanding the power of our mind is important. You know, Hello? Anything that you can visualize will happen. And usually what happens is we'll be visualizing something and someone around will be like, it can't happen because of this. It can't happen because of that. And the last thing you think about is the reason why it can't happen. And that's why it doesn't happen. So my brain and the way I move is in dimensions. The first dimension is the dream. And in a dream, everything's perfect. But what I find is nobody dreams. I ask the most intelligent people, the people that are the most, you know, do, go through the system and principles and all, what's your dream? A selfish one. And most people are programmed not to have one because every time they start thinking about the perfect visual, they think about the reasons why they can't do it. So first and foremost, the perfect dream, one dimension. Second dimension is you write it down, put that shit on paper. That's another dimension. That way other people that have the same dream, that don't understand what you're saying because you're long-winded or you're insecure about it or you speak in a different diction or language, they can see it on paper and understand it because you need a team to make the dream happen. Second dimension. Third dimension, you make that shit happen in the physical. It really has to happen because you visualize it, because you wrote it down, because you found like-minded people to fight for it with you, it becomes tangible faster. Fourth, fourth dimension now is in the metaphors. Anything I do in the oxygen, which is the real world, oxygen world, I gotta make sure that I can do it in the digital in the Web3 world, where there's a lot of freedom and a lot of narration, a lot of definitions that need to be made, and they need to be made by us in this new world. But at the end of the day, that visualization has to be perfect. If you get into a ring in a fight and you can think that there's a possibility that you lost or can, you lost. There's no losing in your dream. It's fighting till you win. It's a nightmare until it's a dream. Love it, love it. All right, last minute. So uh, first of all, round of applause, legendary. Round of applause. Um, any last word? We, we, we go salute to this financial revolution. We have over 12,000 people in the building learning about financial education, generational wealth. Any last words for the people, T.I.? Man, I think that everybody's doing, they took the first step. Coming in here and, and, and being willing to open their ears and their minds up to receive new information that they can go apply for their benefit. I think that's, if, if anything that we've done or that we plan to do, we are the examples that you can do it and do it better than us. You know what I mean? Because I don't think that 
At least I know nobody could have taught me how to do what I'm doing right now. This wasn't necessarily in my plans. I just kind of had to learn as I went. And, and, and as, I, as, I, as I set out on my journey, I met people like Dane. I met people like Envy. Uh, uh, people like, you know, from Earn Your Leisure who kind of could, could share with me some things that I needed to know to improve my journey. But at the end of the day, you guys have everything you need to make it everywhere you're supposed to go. So I salute you. Andy, any quick last words for the, for the people? Yeah, like, like you said, I'm just a kid from Queens, New York. Murdoch and Springfield. Yeah. And never in a million years did I ever think this would ever come from. I wasn't taught how to do real estate. I wasn't taught how to invest. I wasn't taught how to do anything but go to school and work. That was it. I wanted to change that because I seen my parents and how they hated it. And if I did it from Queens knowing nothing, figuring it out, now there's people that you can call upon and ask to do it. So you guys can do it. Anybody here in the real estate? Put your hand up if you're in the real estate. Atlantic City, Milwaukee, Detroit. Chicago by that Barack Obama library. Those are the areas you need to look at if you can find it for cheap. Auction.com, HubZoo. Those are the two places where Caesar and I get the majority of our homes. I'm not signed to any of them. I don't get money from any of them. I'm just telling you what I do and what I use. Good luck. Yeah. Dash, any quick last words for the people? What's the question? No, it's fine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's a lot to say, but in closing, I can say this. This lane of people wanting to be better and wanting to evolve, the only reason to learn really is to teach, to lead by example. And this is a great thing. And you know, in school, they never teach you how to be rich. They never teach you how to get money or how to keep money. And what I can say about us up here is it's been decades. We all have history in different decades. What he was thanking me for was like in the 90s. It was in the 200, the 90s. But we still here. It's because we keep dreaming. We're always inspired. After you make one dream come true, the challenge is to have a bigger dream. But you always got a dream. Life is nothing without something to fight for. And there's so much for us as a culture to fight for. And all we have to do is break what I call the life algorithm. An algorithm ain't nothing but the study of behavior patterns. And what happens based on what these many people feel, this is what they're gonna do. We already know the life algorithm. We already see what's gonna happen. They divide and they conquer every single time. It's the same story. They keep us in a cycle and a pattern. At the end of the day, we don't ever own nothing. We're just complaining about what they don't give us. It's time for us to take. All right, y'all. I wasn't finished. I wasn't finished. <laughs> so there's the Web3. 
this oxygen world, but at the end of the day, all we need is each other. Have a dream and fight for it. That's yeah. all I want to say. Let's go! Round of applause. Make some noise again for the business of entertainment. My guy, Dame Dash, DJ Envy, T.I. and Ash Cash. Make some noise again for my guys on this stage right now in Best Fest.